Christianity versus Islam. Which has the best rappers? Oh man, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wild question. Who has the better discography? Bloods or Crips? That's hilarious. <laughs> so it's it's definitely it's generational. Like there, there was a Christian rapper named the Pentecostal Papa at one point. Nigga, I, I'm looking this up. Uh, that is up my alley. He was like Christian rap's answer to Biggie, kind of. So yeah. Did he have a, a one more chance remake? <laughs> I don't know. When it comes to sins. <laughs> oh my God. It's the Almanac of Rap Show. I got opinions and they all factual. No news, just information that you won't be able to use unless you're at a dinner party trying to impress who's in attendance with endless tidbits of nonsense. We're gonna have a good time, I promise. You two rabbit holes, ready deep dives, pulling out old interviews from the archives. Styles, fads, trends, all of that. It's the Almanac of Rap. Welcome to the Almanac of Rap's Cutting Room Floor. My name is Don Will, and I'm your host for the series. Today's topic is the intersection of gangs and religion, because I firmly believe Jesus would have hung out with gangbangers. Alright, alright, I'm joking. I won't concoct a ham-fisted metaphor to make these two topics fit with each other, but I will explain why they're together. And yes, he probably would have hung out with gangbangers. Today's episode is a compilation of battles that were left out of previous episodes because pitting things against one another battle style is a classic hip-hop trope. They were cut from previous episodes because of time limitations. But today... Today I got time, cuz. In the Politics as Usual episode of season one, my guest was Timhotep Aku. In the conversation that aired, we mainly discussed politics and conspiracy theories. However, I also talked to him about religion as it relates to rap. I was trying to see where the line between conscious hip-hop and Christian hip-hop begins and ends. For instance, the rap group The Boogie Monsters became Seventh-day Adventists while working on their first album. That debut album, titled Riders of the Storm, the Underwater album, ended up having religious overtones and it was even reported that they would throw Bibles into the crowd during their shows. Um, you know, at one point we were like, man, this, this truth is so powerful. We're going to put it in our hip hop music and we're going to take it to the world. So we'd be <laughs> in clubs and we'd be having Bibles in our hands. We'd be, you know, rhyming, you know, and uh, that happened, you know, continued for a while. And then the Lord began to speak to us and, and, you know, really bring us to a crossroads where it was like light and darkness can't dwell together. Either you're going to fully serve me you're going to fully be mine, but you can't be mine and, you know, half mine and half in the world. And that's what we were. And what ends up happening is that we all end up getting baptized. And, uh, you know, our whole group had become Adventists and we were really wrestling over this issue. But you issue. were still performing. We were still performing on Friday nights. Right. And you were still performing hip hop. Yeah. That's a clip from an interview that Pastor Ivor Myers, formerly known as Yoda Red of the Boogie Monsters, did with Healing the Nation Media. He talked about his journey from rapping to preaching, and when asked if he missed making hip-hop, he said this. Uh, not at all. Not at all. It was actually like a drug. And so when I pulled myself away from it, um, I just never turned back. To this day, two members, Mind Trick and Yoda Red, serve as pastors in the church. Their second album, God Sound, was even more blatant in its message. But... We don't think of their music being gospel in the same way that we think of a Lecrae album being gospel. I talked to Tim about this and asked him who had the better crop of rappers, 
Islam or Christianity. Heads up, the audio for this interview is a little choppy, which is another reason why I was on the cutting room floor. But it's just so good, I can't not let you hear it. The Nation of the Gods and the Earth is a movement. It's not a religion, but it is influenced by the Islamic faith, if I'm not mistaken. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. um, should we consider groups like Brand Nubian gospel rap? So I think they're like Nation of Gods and Earth and Gods and Earth is quasi-religious. And I think though they would not describe themselves as religious themselves, an argument can be made that it is a religion because there is a creation myth. Yeah. There are, uh, you know, rules and, and laws to everything. There's a code of conduct. You know, there's 120 lessons, all that stuff. Right. Yeah. But I would fall short of calling them like gospel rap because they're explicitly not Christian. Like, so they believe in right. uh, the existence of uh, a Jesus. Right. But they don't believe in Jesus as the prophet, you know, second as they believe in as, as a prophet, but not like the second coming of God, you know what I'm saying, or anything like that, right? So I would say they're definitely conscious rap, but I would, I definitely wouldn't put them in in that category as gospel rap. So, so Lord Jamar is not a gospel rapper. Nah, he's definitely not a gospel rapper. <laughs> he, he might fight you if if you call him that. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't, I don't want no smoke from Lord Jamar. I'm not trying to have that <laughs> that nigga's fucking vein popping out his neck, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he, him getting mad in the Vlad interview and shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But in general, the five percent presence in rap music used to be so prevalent. And I don't know if that was because it seemed like there was a smaller pool of artists to listen to, mm -hmm. and nowadays it's just a wider swath of people. But what do you think happened to that strain of thinking and um, music? I think that strain, like so much other cultural phenomena, has had a ripple effect. So while it might not be as concentrated as it was in 1989 or 90 or whatever the fuck, it's still here. Yeah. It's the reason we call, like when, when people get in a circle or rap a cypher, right? Yeah. It's the reason we often end or start a phone call or a conversation with peace. Yeah, it influences everybody from like a Jay Z to even some of the younger artists that I see coming up now. It's just not in the same way, right? Like, shout out to like Uncle John from from DC, right? Who's like God body influenced by the lessons and all that. Rock Marciano influenced by the lessons and all that. Still, you know, God body rapper. But I feel like the Nation of Gods and Earths as uh organization that recruited it it hasn't recruited at the same level that it was in the late 70s 80s and and the early 90s right so it's at a point where these are the outer rings of that ripple effect now right it still permeates hip-hop culture because a lot of that stuff is foundational to how we speak in the culture how we engage with stuff in the culture but it's not there in a concentrated form. There's a there's a level of ubiquity to it that like you don't have to interact with it in the same way for it to just reach you. I, I feel you. Yeah. You might not even know you're interacting with it. You feel me? Like that's the thing. It's like, yeah. You drove the point home really well when you said when we say peace. Yeah. And thinking about gospel rap in general, and we're thinking about rappers and the faith-based rappers. You know, you have a lot of rappers in Islamic faith, a lot of rappers that in Christianity. Christianity versus Islam. Which has the best rappers? Oh man, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> That's a wild question. Wild as fuck. As wild as... 
Yeah, man, you trying to get me blacklisted and banned or whatever? Um, this, if this is drink champs, I'd have to take a shot. Let me take a shot. No, I think, I think, I think, I think, um, Christianity has had literally hundreds of years of influencing the African American experience so that its influence on the music and how people talk about, um, their faith and what their faith is, is of a greater magnitude. Right. But yeah. I also will say that hip hop comes out of a specific time in, you know, African-American history in which there was a lot of reconsidering what had come prior and recontextualizing and new understandings of the African-American experience. Like there's a return to roots, like the Afrocentricity thing is very important. Right. Yeah. Um, the rise of Islam post Malcolm X, right? Like is a very important thing that even decades later influenced hip hop, right? Even Charles uh, 13X, the father in the nation of gods and earths or whatever, like he used to go to mosque number seven to see Malcolm preach and talk, right? So like it's, it's still there. So I'd say Christianity because of its age is more pervasive, but I think Islam because of um, where we've been since the 60s as black people in America also has a considerable influence on stuff. This is why people's names are what they are. Like uh, Common. Common is Lonnie Rashid Lynn. If somebody yeah. name is Rashid, they Muslim. Yeah. Freeway. Anybody from Philly, all the Philly rappers, they Muslim. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. And that's a direct result of the rise of the nation of Islam, of people turning to Sunni Muslim, um, Sunni Islam, you know, post nation Islam, um, nation of gods and herbs, all that stuff. Yeah. So that was a really good answer. Really thoughtful. It was a better answer than I could have came up with. <laughs> and I, I, pre I appreciate that. I just appreciate the level of insight and context and history that you can bake into something like that. You know what I'm saying? I know it was like a, a silly, jokey question. That's a wild question. <laughs> it's, it's a wild ass question, but that, that's where my mind goes when I. <laughs> oh, yeah. One more thing, like there's different artists who represent an uptake in these kind of like belief systems, and like Wu Tang cannot be denied. Oh, yeah, right. Like, like Wu Tang made a bunch of people at least interested in in the five percent nation of Islam yeah, and yeah. the lessons and stuff like that. Like, I call you back at the God Hour, all that stuff. Yeah. You know, knowledge got all that stuff. Wu Tang was the last spike of that, and we haven't seen a five percent of rapper have or rappers had that level of influence since Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang absolutely had me trying to find out how to join the nation. Yeah. <laughs> straight up, all bullets to the size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Brand Nubian did the same thing for me. Like, I remember I used to go to a, a law school in Mecca, which is like, uh, this is their uh, Nation of Gods of Earth's like education center, community center in Harlem on 126th Street and I believe 7th Avenue. Like, I used to go there as a teenager just because I was like, Yo, man, the gods know something that every else, everybody else don't know, you know? Yeah. And another really important part I just need to mention about the rise of the nation of gods and earths is that it gave black people self-esteem. Mm -hmm. Now, to be in a, in a country where you're constantly denigrated as less than human, as other, and then someone to be like, no, that's all wrong. You're God. Is some powerful shit, yeah. Right, that you have agency in your life and your world is some powerful shit. And I'm like, you know, 
while I do have my definite criticisms of the nation of gods and herbs and nation of Islam, whatever, I don't know if you get a guy like Riza reaching the heights that he reached, right, without the nation of, of, of gods and herbs. Right. You know, right. I don't yeah. know if you get Buster saying like, oh, I can be all this without the nation of gods and herbs and understanding themselves as an agent in the world, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And like, I remember uh, the first time I heard Brand New Being Sunshine. I think that's, is that the name of the song? Um, The attribute, how have you helped with two or another yeah, God? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. God is like, that shit. I, it's Wake Up. I want to say it's Wake Up. Wake Up. It's Wake Up. I remember yeah. hearing that and being so intrigued because it was like, I don't know what he's talking about, but he's saying some powerful shit. One and two, mm-hmm. it felt refreshing and affirming. It didn't feel like it didn't feel like coded language in a sense that like somebody's trying to keep something from you. It felt like coded language in a sense that like somebody wants you to it's an invitation. learn something from them. It's an invitation. Yeah, exactly. It piques your curiosity. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Peace to the God. Peace to Allah. Hey, yo, there go that brother Grand Poopa. Heard that brother got nonsense. Yo, Drew and Jay, brother. Yo, let's have that brother come over and add on to the site. We also did a little rap religion trivia. I did have a, a little trivia game if you wanted to play it. The trivia is about rappers that went to religion. And I'm going to name a rapper and I want you to tell me which religion they went to. Oh, God. Okay. I bet you they all on Bad Boy. <laughs> I bet you they all on Bad Boy. Go. All right. So first up is Rev Run. Damn, I got to get into like the denomination. Like what kind? Like, is he like Pentecostal and shit? Oh shit! How did you? He's Christian. Reverend's Christian. How did you know? How did you know it was Pentecostal? <laughs> you see, that's what I'm saying. You knew. You got that one. You got that one. Because black people love Pentecostal. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a Christian rapper named the Pentecostal Papa at one point. Nigga, I, I'm looking this up. Uh, that is up my alley. He was like Christian rap's answer to Biggie, kind of. So yeah. Did he have a, a, a one more chance remake? <laughs> I don't know. When it comes to sins. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god. <laughs> Next up, Loon. Yeah, Loon became became Muslim. I remember seeing Loon yeah. on the A train a couple years ago. Oh wow, with the beard and all that. Yeah, I, I kind of y'all yeah, fuck with that though. I fuck with that. I feel like yeah, yeah, yeah. he had his prison stint and shit, and then he learned some things. He came back and was like, "I want to be a better man. I want to be a good Muslim." Yeah. All right, um, and keeping it in the bad boy vein because we got to uh, Mace. Obviously, Mace is, I believe, a Baptist preacher, isn't he? He's Baptist. I don't know. I know he's Christian. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take your word for it. Actually, you know what? So how about this? I think Mace is a religious hustler. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> Mace is like a mega church nigga. Mace is like TDG. Yo, yeah, he's prosperity gospel. Yeah, he's prosperity gospel. A- aspirant prosperity gospel. So like I think that would be his denomination of Christianity. Hey man, I was laying on my bed yesterday and the Lord said, I'm I'm coming. I am coming as surely as you're laying here. I am coming. You better get your 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 tithing situation together. He's coming. Amen. Better get your your membership figured out. He's coming. Amen. 
Amen. Honestly, his pivot to religion, it makes so much sense because it's like he's just doing what he did on records in a pulpit. It's brilliant. I tell you, look into the history of uh, black religions. Definitely go to Harlem. Right. And you think about people like Daddy Grace. Um, There's so many you know, different sects yeah. that, that started up there or whatever, and they all serve a purpose for the people. You know, whether the purpose they serve is beneficial to the people is remains to be seen, but keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so speaking of Harlem, what about Curtis Blow? Ooh, Curtis Blow. Damn. I thought you were going to give me Dougie Fresh. Him too, but... Because <laughs> Dougie Fresh, he was an Israelite at one point. He's also a Scientologist. Um, but Curtis Blow, what does Curtis Blow make sense as? Um, I would think Curtis Blow would be an Israelite. I don't know. I'm not sure. So it based on my limited research, <laughs> it says Curtis Blow is an ordained minister who started his own hip hop church. Okay. So I don't know what denomination that is. I don't know anything about it. It's just a hip hop church. His denomination is rap. Okay. All right, bet. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg became a roster for a little bit. Roster, yeah. I don't, I'm pretty sure he's not still a practicing. Well, he became Snoop Lion, which was amazing. Snoop Lion. <laughs> Snoop has been almost every animal under the sun. Yo, what a life. Snoop has done it all. Snoop done done it all. And he can still rap. How about that? Yo, he just put out a Gangsta Grills, and it's, it's good. <laughs> it's good. Um, let me see. I got two more. I got Adam Yock from Beasties. Oh, Yock was, well, he became um, a Buddhist. Yeah. Buddhist. Yeah. yeah, he became a Buddhist. Yo, R.I.P. MCA. MCA was my favorite beastie. He had my favorite voice in the beasties. And I think he was very important to their progression and progress as men. Yeah. Right? Like, like if you listen to, like, you know, their first album, they wild sexist, they talking all types of shit. It's like, literally, like, it's like PSK, but just white boys, right? But <laughs> Adam was, like, on some shit, like, yo, we need to see women as people, right? We need to advance. We want to save the world. We want a better place. I fuck with Adam Yauk. Yo, R.I.P. Adam Yauk, yo. I have a, a guilty admission to make, and it's that I can't tell the Beasties' voices apart. Like, I just can't tell them. That's weird. I can't tell them apart. Uh, Yauk, very more raspy and a bit deeper. Ad Rock, extremely high pitch. Mike Diamond, also high pitch, but not as high pitch as Ad Rock. I know I just got home because I'm out on What's the time? It's time to buy like, I think it's just the way that like it's, they weave their vocals together and they like yeah. the routine aspect of it always kind of fucked me up to the point where I can't really, <laughs> it's too fast to differentiate. But huge Beasties fan, love the Beasties. Um, lastly, no malice of former Clips fame. Oh yeah, that brother that that brother became Christian of some sort. He found God. Yeah, you know he's like he's like I gotta repent these sins. I'm for sure going to hell. The bullshit I've been doing. <laughs> Like dead ass, like he's like, I did some crazy yeah. shit. And it's funny when people people think about the clips and they like, yo, push a T, push a T, and all that shit he's talking. When you talk to people who know, it's malice, and like they had another brother, like who was the one who was really doing the shit. You know what I'm saying? But shout out to No Malice, yo. I like I like a man who can be self reflective and be like, yo, I gotta I gotta make this right. I fuck with that. Self-reflective and implement change. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't. It wasn't just like, man, I've been fucking around. It was like, let me go get right in my own space before I can mm-hmm. like, come back to this shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, I had, I did have one more, but this uh, salt from Salt and Pepper. Oh, I don't know. 
some type of some type of Christian gotta be gotta be Baptist, something like that. Devout Christian. Devout oh, I remember, yeah. When they were trying to do a reunion, she was like, I don't know if I could do all this push your good shit. Like, I'm not yeah. talking about my coochie with when Jesus <laughs> is in the room, you know. I, I feel like she and I feel like she reconciled her place in pop culture with the a former life versus the life she lives now. Cause I've I've seen her do like I think she's done them songs, she's been on tour and performed it. I think mm-hmm. she somehow reconciled it in her in her um religious in her mind, you know what I'm saying? Hey, more power to her. Another battle that I had in mind was the Bloods versus the Crips. Not a gang war, but which gang had the biggest impact on music? This idea was actually based on an album titled Bloods versus Crips, Banging on Wax. It's a project that dropped in 1993 and came on the heels of a 1992 gang peace treaty, where representatives from four gangs signed a formal treaty at a mosque in Watts. Jim Brown helped establish the treaty through his Amer I Can Foundation. Mark Watts joins us from the newsroom with more on that story, Mark. Well, Jerry, we've heard talk of gang truces before, and for the most part, that is all it has ever been, talk. But tonight, talk and action spawned by one of the few men who have been able to get through to gang members since they've been killing each other on the streets of the Southland. It is a truce that has apparently been orchestrated by Hall of Fame running back turned community activist Jim Brown. It is a first-of-its-kind peace treaty between Crips and Bloods to lay down their arms. These young men are going to be the catalyst for a better country. It might be a little peace. Maybe not for long, though, you know, but it's going to be a little peace. While Songs Like We're All in the Same Gang was also recorded in an effort to stop violence, the major difference between that and Bloods versus Crips Banging on Wax is that the artists featured on Banging on Wax were active gang members, as opposed to recording artists. In fact, Tweety Bird Loke was the only experienced rapper on Bangin' On Wax. And if I remember correctly, Bangin' On Wax was still pretty violent. They were just pledging to rap about the violence and not actually do the violence. Here's what Schoolboy Q had to say about Bangin' on Wax in an interview with Nardwar. I want to ask you, do you know anything about the Bloods and Crips together on Banging on Wax? Of course. Are you kidding me? I can get in trouble for listening to this. This is crazy. What? Hell yeah, I know everything about this. Yeah, what can you tell the people about this? Why would you get in trouble? What exactly is Banging on Wax? <laughs> That's going too far. They be people dissing other people's hoods. and You know what I mean? This is like when Gangster Rap was like at its full-fledged height. And then it was like the real, real, real street people that was still in the street was Ayo got an opportunity to rap. And they were just dissing each other's hoods and, you know, stuff that doesn't shouldn't be going on now. You know. But it's quite a positive thing, though, because it was Bloods and Crips coming together for a record. Yeah, but, I mean, at the same time, they're still dissing each other, so it's like coming together just to start feud with the people that wasn't in the studio. So, I mean, it's cool, but, yeah. Banging on wax. Yeah, banging on wax. I asked DJ Artistic about this album and which gang he thought had the biggest impact on rap music in general. But, yeah, a- another another thing that L.A. is is known for is gang culture in general. Um, and mm-hmm. gang culture has permeated music from the top to the bottom at this point. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's beyond enough. rap. Yeah. It's beyond rap. It's, yeah. it's just in pop culture. Um, but I remember the 90s when yeah. the gang truce was a thing. There was this album 
called Bloods versus Crips <laughs> Banging on Wax that dropped in the night. Yeah. <laughs> it had two yeah. volumes. It had two volumes. I, I, I bought two. volume one. I didn't get volume two. I bought volume one okay. because I heard Pyru Love and it had the fucking uh, yeah. computer love. Don't say cuss because blood, this is Pyru all the time. Zapping Roger, nigga, Ohio. I love it. But yeah. I don't really remember those albums launching like a major like artist or a star. It wasn't like a thing, like a platform. At least I don't know about one. Yeah, yeah. It's safe to say that nobody really won that Bloods versus Crips. You know what I'm saying? Musical yeah. battle. I mean, because I mean, sadly, half of them died in that era. Because I mean, they were really actual gangbangers. It wasn't. I know, I know. And, like my young mind knew back then. Like oh, I'm listening to some real niggas that like. These motherfuckers, this might be their only time in the studio. Like they yeah. they rapping to they rapping yeah. to escape some shit right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, to move it to a little bit more of a lighter subject, even though I'm not sure who won that musical battle, I want to zoom out and look at Bloods versus Crips in general. And my question is: since they have permeated pop culture and some of the biggest rap stars we have are Bloods or Crips, we got Snoop, we got the game, we got YG, yeah. we got so many. Yeah. My question is, as an outsider who has no real relationship to gang culture other than just consuming it, who has the better discography, Bloods <laughs> or Crips? That's hilarious. <laughs> it, so it's it's definitely it's generational, like all the way up to like oh one, all the way up to, up until the game. Before the game, Crips by far. Crips by far. Aside yep. from DJ Quick, so DJ Quick is the main one who's holding down. Then Mac Ten, yeah, that's two of the main ones. But then from the game and on, the last eighteen years, it's almost a blowout with the Bloods. Yeah, it is. But it's it's weird because it's like it's like for one, I mean, most of the Crips who I'm speaking of before the game were mainly from that Snoop circle. So it's like that's Snoop, that's Warren G, that's yep. Nate Dog, that's Corrupt, that's Das. Just that camp alone from that dog pound camp was just like the main thing. Because when you think about it, whenever I look back, yeah, Dub C too, because you had Dub C who was on that side of things. But it's like the Easy E was Kelly Park, so it was like a lot. But overall, we had a lot of LA rappers who didn't gang bang too. So it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had a whole lot who didn't bang. We had the Murs, we had the Far Side, we had the Licks, we had the a lot of those, even the Exhibit technically. But it's like, but since '05, and it's it's like I can't really tell what it is, but it's like. Of course, the game came with it, and then, um, like, here's the crazy part, though. So, so when you were first talking about uh, all the all the rappers who became Bloods and Crips, I thought you were gonna speak on the ones who weren't from LA because that's a big topic too. I agree wholeheartedly with you with what you're saying about like like post game, the Bloods kind of have a bigger presence in hip hop, and I in yeah. my mind it has something to do with blood culture spreading nationwide and people in other cities trying to get down with the bloods primarily more than the I, I read some sort of yeah. like fucking think piece some article about about blood yeah. spreading through the prison system i can see that prison yeah, and yeah. people getting out of jail and like just kind of like starting the blood set on their block and fucking wherever they're at and i thought that that was kind of like what spread it more because i'm so tapped out i'm so i'm so i'm so inside when it comes to this so like i get it i get it i'm speaking a little bit out of my depth but i think that brooklyn has a stronger blood culture than the uh, Crip culture. Brooklyn might have more Crip because I know like Bobby Smurda and them were all from Brooklyn. It was just like a, a bunch of like superstars that weren't 
affiliated that got affiliated post-celebrity and they got affiliated blood. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, oh, I guess these niggas just, they have a better marketing team in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird because like, so so one thing I, I ain't catching until somebody from uh, Inglewood told me, because like, of course, you remember, you remember when Wayne started banging blood and it's yeah. like, how are you a blood? You from New Orleans? They said that's because of Mac Ten. They said with Mac Ten being, you remember he was Cash Money. Oh shit, he was Cash Money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So with that, they said that's where Wayne got it from. And then I'm not gonna say Wayne at all was like responsible for everybody else, but Wayne was the biggest figure in rap. And I wonder how much influence he had being, you know, blood from that point. Because it is like, like to me, it's just like me being from LA, like, like and being from like you know that era. Like I'm not a game banger, so I can't speak on it. What I can say is I do know actual gangbangers who do uh, get along with it and you know and have relationships with the other hoods and, and, and cities. Because like one dude I know from Long Beach, he told me he went to New York a couple months ago and linked up with some crips that he he met from uh, Instagram who are from his hood. <laughs> and he said they deeper than the hood in L.A. now in Long Beach. I should say that's crazy. They deeper, but to me it's just like even though I, he obviously rides with us, man. He's he can say more than me because I'm not a gangbanger. But just yeah. for me looking on the outside in. It's always going to be weird just culturally because, like, for one, especially New York, like, y'all used to hate the, uh, the gang culture. Now, you, of course, you're not from there. You're you Ohio, but people who from New York. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah, you're yeah. Cincinnati. <laughs> but, like, when I'm talking to somebody from New York, it's like, I think about Tim Dog area when they was, he said, y'all killing over colors. All that gang shit's for dumb motherfuckers. But you go on thinking you're hard. Come to New York and we'll see who gets robbed. Take your Jerry Curl, take your black hatch, take your whack lyrics and your bullshit tracks. Now you're mad and you're thinking about stomping. Well, I'm from the South Bronx. Fuck Compton. When I think about gangs, I'm thinking about New York hating colors and the fact that they said that the Bloods didn't even get to New York until 1993. That's after we had the peace treaty. So to me, yep. it's always going to be weird because even just the slang and fashion doesn't match what I see Crip and Blood. So even how like Cardi will be like, these is bloody shoes. Like I never heard nobody in LA say bloody shoes like that. It's just yeah, the, yeah. They mix up the slang different. And then even when uh Joel Santana, you know, they dip set and all that. And I remember when Game's homie was dissing them. Game homie was a blood. He was like, How you gonna be a blood with a name like Santana? People from New York was like, What does that mean? I'm like, exactly. You don't even get get what that means because in Compton, Santana is Santana Block Crip. So it's like, oh wow. You don't even understand the culture at that level. So to me, is it's always gonna be kind of a a weird kind of difference that you know. You know what? It's almost like a, it's almost like one of LA's. I, I hate to say it like this, but it's one of LA's biggest cultural exports. It is for sure. And people get it in other cities, and they don't treat it the same way that the LA native would because their relationship to it is like completely different and removed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's different. Yeah. Funny enough, I was I was just talking to Mecca. You know Mecca. Yeah, yeah, Mecca. Of course, though. I was like, man. Y'all niggas was robbed of so many different hats. There were so many hats you couldn't wear that yeah. like we had. I saw a Dom Kennedy interview and Dom was like, I just wanted to have every hat. Like that was his dream yeah. as a kid. And I was just like, man, it, yeah. it's gotta be crazy to live in a city where there's so many kind of unspoken rules that like dictate fashion for you. I have never seen you with your hat off. Uh -huh. I don't think, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you all, how many baseball caps do you own? Man, you know, it was my dream when I was a kid, man. I wanted to have all the teams, you know what I'm saying? That was, like, really my dream that was as a, goal. a kid. Yeah, that was my goal. I was more or less asking how crazy this question sounded. I didn't want to get on here and ask you about, like, which gang has the best discography, and you'd be like, oh, nigga, cut the camera off. Get this motherfucker <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like that. Uh, I still don't think there's a definitive winner. I think that... I'm going to still say Crips just because, like, if you took the top ten... 
rap albums in 22, or even the top 20 biggest songs. I mean, I mean, Snoop is really the king of it. So it's just Snoop alone. Like, yep. but even if, if you took away Snoop, and if you took away who would I say is the king for Bloods, it's between a quick, a YG, a game. As far as commercial hits, is obviously game. Yeah, YG is more so like the party side, but like between a quick and like a game, it's like yeah, like they. It's tricky, but overall, I'm, I'm gonna say it's the Crips because they have this Snoop alone. But then the Dub C, of course, anything that Easy was making, you had even even their affiliates. Like overall, even with the producers, some of the producers were Crips too. So all right, so I'll just give it to them overall. But it's it's close though. It's, it's getting closer too. It's getting closer. It's getting closer. It's it's yeah. it's ironically yeah. enough fun to watch. But I w- I like to think that. Snoop had Martha Stewart cripping, so we're gonna give it to Snoop. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. Whole different level with that, though. Yeah, it's a little different. And that's it for the episode. Be sure to check out the show notes for bonus information about the Boogie Monsters going religious, the Gang Truce of 1992, and the Bloods vs. Crips Banging on Wax album. Also, be sure to go back and check out the episodes that feature Tim Hotep and DJ Artistic if you haven't heard them yet. And be sure to subscribe and rate on the podcast app of your choice and leave a comment if you're really feeling it. The Almanac of Rap is produced, written, and hosted by me. Don Will, with music provided by Von P. of Tanya Morgan. And now, here's a clip of Lecrae telling T.I. why he doesn't consider himself as a gospel rapper. You you have gone on record saying you don't want to be labeled as a Christian yeah, rapper. Yeah, we, we go with this you want to be a rapper who's Christian. You yeah. want to be labeled or considered as a rapper who's Christian. Right. Okay, could you explain a little bit about that? What End does that day, mean? Exactly? I, I feel like this. I'm talking about real life on my records, you okay. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I wanted people to hear them for what they was, and when they started listening to it, they said, Man, we want, before they listened to it, I don't want to hear this gospel rap, bro. What, you, what, what, what we going to do with this? Mm. So I was like, well, take me out your box, because Scarface <laughs> made some gospel rap songs. This is real. Tupac so made Tupac, some, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, UGK too? UGK too, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So yeah. if you going to, that's what more or less what I'm on that's real. in terms of, you know, trying to communicate my my vantage point, my perspective. So I just look. Look, Lecrae is a Christian. Okay. Now, if you have a a, a, a preconceived idea of what my music is going to sound like, get that out your mind because the music don't have a soul. The music don't go to heaven. The music is music. Lecrae is a Christian, so you're going to hear his perspective. Right. I may talk about God. That's right. I may talk about girls. Yeah, my, mine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know what okay. I'm saying? So, are the terms gospel rap and Christian rap interchangeable? I really hope so, because I've been swapping them for the whole episode. Anyway, all right, y'all. See you next week on the Almanac of Rap. Stay whimsical.